Welcome. Welcome. To Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. 50 Foot Podcast. Hi, welcome to Attack of the 50 Foot Podcast. Today we're watching a ridiculous disaster piece by Stephen King. And by that, I don't mean something that somebody else made. That was written by Stephen King. I mean, he directed a movie called Maximum Overdrive. Um, hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Robert. And, and Allie I'm... just nailed that opening. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm Cameron. You did a great job. That was great. So, like you said, this is, an, this is a movie that was directed by Stephen King. The only movie he's ever done, probably the only movie he'll ever do. Uh, when people ask him why he doesn't direct more of his films, he says, just go watch this one. So... That's kind of the whole thing here. As Ellie said, he was, in his own words, cracked out of his mind. Uh, he Does was, any of this need explaining? <laughs> he was doing cocaine in the 80s, for those that don't know. And it caused him to even forget writing one of his books, which I think was Cujo, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure it was that one that he completely, completely doesn't remember writing. Uh, and this movie happened as well. Yeah. So <laughs> it's actually based off of a short story that he wrote called Trucks. Yes. Right. And yeah, yeah and the short story is like seven pages long. Mm-hmm. It's short. Which means he invented half this garbage in this movie to try yes. and make it work, which it doesn't. Yeah. The, though, as he said in the, in the trailer, which is just Stephen King at his craziest, uh, we'll put this up <laughs> so people can see it. Oh my God, a trailer. The trailer's ridiculous. Uh, he looks insane, and he says that if you want a Stephen King movie done right, you just got to do it yourself, which is his whole thing. And I wonder if he ever watches that trailer and is like, please just kill me. I, there's <laughs> no way his wife doesn't play it like on family <laughs> get-togethers or something. I would. It's great. Yeah. Um, another fun thing, too, is all, all of the music in this is ACDC. They did the whole thing. All of it. Except for two songs. Two songs were not them. That's it. Which is yeah. Ride of the Valkyries and... <laughs> Fly of the Valkyries. I, I can't, yeah, Fly of the Valkyries. And I can't remember what the other one's called. But they, there's one other one. But they're both like famous songs. Just yeah. super public domain. <laughs> Which is weird because you have ACDC money. Did that just run out? Yeah, Actually, you know what? Do... I believe it did. Because there are some, like, mo- like shock moments that are just the worst screech. It's like the screeching violin um, idea, but it's like somebody slamming on a synthesizer, and it's the same note over and over and over again. <laughs> I bet Stephen King made the music. Well, so one thing I did see is for the trailer. So I recognize some of the music from the trailer that's not listed in the credits. Um, but the, for the trailer, they used the music from Halloween three season of the witch, which is also a notoriously terrible film has nothing to do with the Halloween franchise at all. Uh, it's a completely different thing on its own, but it's part of the series, but they used music from that for the trailer. And then I realized some of the music that's in the movie is the same music. So they also just ported it over to the movie, but they didn't credit that for some reason. Hmm. So Maybe it's in the public domain because the other movie was so bad. <laughs> but uh, I will say, though, this movie had a roughly $10 million budget. So, Oof. Yeah. In the 80s. In the 80s. So 
that's a that's not a cheap film. Good lord, it's just all. incredible to me how people spend that much money on such terrible things. Yeah, and it's like you know what you could have done with that ten million dollars, like literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, and it only made three point five million in America back. So oh, yeah, oh, that's not a even hard a hard flop. Yeah, that's it's a harsh one. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what's this movie about? I mean, as you said, the title of the short story is Trucks, which I think gets to the point. But <laughs> Yeah, that kind of really is just it. So the movie starts with, like, unnecessarily specific text on the screen. And, like, with kids screaming and monster noises as the just, like, audio backdrop, which was a bizarre choice. But it's basically saying that, like, oh, there's a comet that's passing by and, like, Earth will be in its tail for eight days five hours 29 minutes and 23 seconds thank you for writing that down (laughs) yeah it was just so i had to pause it i was like why is this so specific because stephen king was on a lot of crack yeah oh yeah i feel like that's just the reason Um, for all of this again not a joke real thing that's that's just the truth here yeah i mean this entire movie there's a lot of logical leaps that could clearly only be made by someone coked out of their mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Including having Stephen King be the very first speaking role on screen. And he's like, honey, this, this thing called me an asshole. So basically the, the, the opening is just a long scene of like, um, signs being really rude to people and saying fuck you and calling Stephen King an asshole. And then like the bridge operator switches start switching by themselves, mm-hmm. um, including one, like a button that just said control switch, which I was very confused as to yeah. what that meant. It's the control switch. Hello. Well, <laughs> and I feel like this is just a good point to bring up real quick that, so like the whole point here, right. Is that electronics are being taken over. Supposedly. But most of the stuff that's used in this movie is all analog. It is not electric. It's, it's like pedals for cars. It's steering wheels. It's all manual stuff. So it's, and this is just a consistent theme throughout the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is something that I want to get into in detail because it, the rules of this are never clearly established because the bridge just opens on its own and like causes a bunch of mayhem, like cars like bouncing and crashing on top of each other for much longer than is necessary. So long. That's another hallmark of this movie. It's just sort of like, oh, if you see trucks on screen, you know, you can feel free to forward, fast forward the next two minutes because it's just going to be some more trucks just driving around or driving over each other. It's either too long or way too short. Like things also just randomly end. And um, so this, uh, next we go to uh, the Dixie Boy, which is pretty much the main location of the movie. Oh, wait, one more thing, though. In the last scene, ACDC was actually in the scene in their truck. Oh, wait. Well, so so ACDC's tour van is there. And what I read is that it's rumored that they were in there, but Stephen King said no. They oh, were so, so they that? just put their van there. Uh, but also, the whole opening track is "Who Made Who" by ACDC, uh, which is just that That's line we'll over and over and over again. But I feel like yeah, it's important <laughs> for later. Uh, but it's also really not. But again, we'll talk oh, about it later. Important. <laughs> it's important to cocaine Stephen King. Okay. <laughs> 
It's very clear who made who. There's no question about it. Um, okay, so now we go to the Dixie Boy, in which we meet the hero, Emilio Estevez. Yay! Uh, hero, I think, because that's the only thing anyone ever calls him. It's true. Yeah, I didn't even look up his actual character name, so... Uh, I also don't think we ever use character names appropriately. His name is Bill. What? When do they oh, call it's him Billy. that? Oh, Billy. Yes. The oh, kid man. calls him that when he's like, save me, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's why I was confused during that scene. It wasn't just the wine. Um, so this is where we sort of get like a weird montage of like, oh, look, technology is not working after the bridge malfunctions. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, also, I didn't realize that all of these different things were in the same building. Like, the, um, the arcade is just in the back of the Dixie Boy, and yes. the kitchen is also in the Dixie Boy, and the people pumping gas are just outside of the Dixie Boy. And, yeah. <laughs> and Emilio the, has a room with a bed somewhere in, in the, the Dixie, Dixie Boy. Well, so is that his room, or is it one of the other guys' rooms? Because at one point, one of the other guys are sleeping in there. But then later, Emilio's using it with his hitchhiking well, girlfriend. Well, like, clearly this is a, a truck stop, so maybe they have a couple rooms, because they also have showers. It's the same room, because there's just pornography I'm on the I'm saying, walls, like, in the world. And it's, like, the same, okay. Like, there might be, like, two rooms in the Dixie Boy or whatever. And well, it's definitely the, the same room, though, because it's the same using. stuff in there. Technology sucks. Another thing... Um, with the how is any of this making sense when nothing's actually really electronic. I guess I don't really know how gas pumps work, but apparently <laughs> this gas pump attacks a dude, um, which ends up being Baseball Kid's dad later. And um, and then there's like an electric knife in the kitchen. Like that makes sense. But the knife moves on its own. <laughs> yes, it floats. It's like, that's, that's a thing that I don't get about this is oh, like, okay, fine. These like machines have a mind of their own, but how are they able to physically control things that the object wasn't able to do? Exactly. Like it, it jumps up in the air and like, like presses the blade to her arm. Yeah. It like, it, it's like somebody is moving it and it doesn't make any sense. And then like the pinball machine like, okay, fine. That one, sort of, maybe. But then what actually happens is the glass smashes on its own. Like, what? Yeah. And then the guy shouts, yo mama, at it for some reason. Yeah. Don't really oh, know why. We'll get to him. Uh, and then this is where I quoted you in the plot. Yeah, it wouldn't be Stephen King without baseball. Um and we just have like this random scene, like the baseball game ends. It's like these kids. It's not like a real like pro league game or anything. But uh, the guy's like, "I'll go get you guys a soda, a soda." I want to make this clear. He gets one soda to That's- split between the dozen kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like everyone take a drink. Everyone gets an ounce. Everyone gets one sip. Uh, but then just mayhem, like. So they start shooting cans out at this poor man, and then, and then the whole thing just erupts into chaos where cars start driving through the field, and one kid gets run over. Oh my god! Uh, do we have I this? Our, that yes. Do we have this yes. in our favorite scenes? Yes. We do. Okay. It's got me and Robert on it. <laughs> okay. Good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you will. We'll talk about that then. I don't want to go too far into it. Yeah. 
Um, but that happens. Then this kid gets away who's, you know, his name is baseball kid, I think. Uh, and he runs away and then we're at the Dixie boy, pretty much the rest of the film. Like that's pretty much the entire thing. I mean, the reason why we spend so much time there though, is because this wasn't a real truck stop. They built the entire thing from nothing. Oh, Okay, I guess which that is, makes sense, yeah, because yeah, they rip is, it down. Which is where half of the $10 million budget goes, most yeah. likely. They, but it uh, apparently was so realistic that truckers kept stopping there, thinking <laughs> it was a truck stop, so they had to take out an ad in the paper and say, quit stopping here, it's not a truck stop. <laughs> so, we got nothing for you. So it was well done, and it did look like a real truck stop. I'll give them that. It really did. Yeah. So they, whoever built that did a great job. It's one of the only well done parts of this movie yeah so baseball kid gets away um and then there's like a hitchhiker girl scene where she like doesn't want this guy to take her anywhere so she makes him stop at the dixie boy yeah and that's how she gets there that's basically all that's there for that's her introduction sort of and then and then the two best characters ever And we'll get more into the scene, yeah. Uh, I called him Kurt Curtis and Screaming Lisa. Yeah. Because the woman is the one who voiced Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Uh, Yardley really? Smith. Yeah. Yeah, Yardley Smith. That's why she's so annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she she's very embarrassed to it's, be in this film is what I read. Just imagine Lisa Simpson, but with like a Southern accent. Yep. Oh, no, and like 10,000 times shriller and more awful. <laughs> All she does is screaming. Scream. She screams the, the whole time. Yes, even yeah. when she doesn't need to be. In fact, this is jumping ahead a bit, but the last line of the movie is her being like, ah, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to throw up. Yes. Yeah, it is the worst. This was, this was only three years before she would play Lisa, too. She was only like 22 years old, so this was right at the beginning of her career. This is okay. like the early... But these two are like newlyweds or whatever, and they pull over um, to go to the bathroom or whatever, and then then we they get attacked by a truck. Yeah, stupid. Um, Moving on, just draws them all. All of these scenes are literally meant to draw everybody to the Dixie Boys. That's it. That's what everything is meant to do here. Yeah. So every single thing we're saying is literally just characters getting into a situation with these cars where then they are driven towards the Dixie boy. Cause apparently that's the central point in wherever we are. So, which I assume is somewhere near Maine since that's usually where <laughs> Stephen King stories are. So <laughs> no, it's um, North Carolina. There's a oh, very okay. brief Chiron in the beginning. That's right. They do say North Carolina. Wilmington, North Carolina. Okay. All right. Yeah. So eventually we get our first deaths which were the awful Bible salesman who's just like literally the worst human being I have ever seen on film. Yeah, he's the guy who was driving the hitchhiker girl. Yes. Um, And he like kept trying to feel her up and she like, it gets so fed up with it that she grabs the wheel and drives them off the road. Luckily into the uh, truck stop parking lot, but still I felt that was reckless. (laughs) So yeah, we get... Oh my God, yes. Lots of missiles. Oh, how many bazookas go off? I'm pretty sure I, I counted and I think it's five. It's I think too many five for Five bazookas go off. <laughs> it's too many for a movie that takes place at a gas station with no military. 
That's how it, it's way okay, too yeah. many. But I put in here too that this Dixie Boy place is like diner slash mechanic slash arcade slash morgue because they start throwing bodies in the basement. And then it's yes. also an arsenal where they keep the bodies and it's a gas station. Yeah, what is this that building? right there was, no, it's those last two bits that really like shocked me. I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. So you keep all of your explosives underneath your gas station. Yeah. Does anyone find a problem with that? And no. No, obviously not. Um, yeah, baseball boy is still, he's going to the Dixie boy, pretty much is his story there. Um, at one point, the hitchhiker girl and hero are like somehow in a relationship. Don't really know how that got set up. Well, they meet each other and they laugh for a minute. And they, <laughs> oh. You know, yep. one thing leads to another. So... <laughs> And they That's how I up. always fall in love. <laughs> it's the only way. But they're like laying in bed and she's like, wow, the sky is green. You know, I think it's the comet. Like she just knows about it. Oh, but yeah. The whole she's sky like, is green. <laughs> we'll probably be fine in about eight days. Mm-hmm. I know. All right. Yeah. That's, a, that's a bit of a stretch. And in, at this point, they bring up something Cam said was in other Stephen King stories is Haven, this yeah. place. Uh, they say, the like, oh, place. we can maybe make it to Haven where there's no technology. And I'm like, oh, yeah. so this is where we're going with this movie. And then it's never brought up again. They never try to escape. But there is... I think that's where they're heading. That's where they're headed at the end. On a boat? That's what he's talking yeah. about in there. Oh. Yeah, he says we have to take a, a sailboat. It's an island. Well, the sailboat oh. apparently has no electronics at all, even though I'm going to remind everybody, this does not only affect electronics because a gas pedal is not electronic. Like, it wouldn't work that way so like we're talking old diesel trucks and the way they're like pushing them down there's no electronic to be able to push it down yeah this is there the has to be a physical force to be able to do that so i feel like they should be able to control the sailboat too but it wouldn't really do anything other than just like drop the sail raise the sail drop the sail which is just be annoying yeah haven though i will say there's a tv show called haven if you've never heard of it and i think it was it on sci-fi or something like that a long time ago sounds Uh, right but i think i read that in season two they did an episode of the same thing so they they went back to the trucks thing so we're like all the electronic on the uh, all the electronics on the island get taken over and stuff like that oh my god so that's just a fun (laughs) thing yeah uh can we just mow through the rest of this? Yeah, no, I mean, we can absolutely. Yeah, we so, have so much to talk about. So, like, one of the biggest things here, I, I feel like we should bring up, everybody might be wondering, like, what are the trucks doing this whole time? Just so you know, they're just driving in a circle. They're just driving and driving yep. and driving. And then you know what that does to a car? It makes them run out of gas. So, you know <laughs> what this does? It makes them, a wagon rolls up with a gun on a stick attached to it. <laughs> And it threatens everybody. <laughs> a description. A wagon with a gun, gun on Gun wagon. Stick. It's in the outline. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. I'm and pretty sure that's another scene we'll talk about later, but I don't understand why oh, yeah. this, this vehicle exists. Yes. Oh, I'm going to talk about gun wagon. Don't worry. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> and, um, you know, they go and rescue Bible man. Gun wagon shows up and threatens them. They want to be fed, so... Uh, apparently every truck in America knows exactly where this one gas station is. They all show up. Everybody's putting gas in them in a really obnoxiously long montage, which gives everybody blisters on their hands. Question mark. Yeah. Everyone is delirious from how hard it is to pump gas. Yeah. Um, Hell's Bells is going. And then (laughs) 
my favorite thing. Oh, I should have put that as my favorite scene. Oh, I totally forgot about that. That part where Hero talks about the comet being a broom. Yeah, that's not in the rest of this. So let's go ahead and talk about that. because I feel No, like I'm going to do it later. I'm gonna, you want to do it later? It okay. That's my favorite sorry. scene. That's fine. Okay, good. Because I didn't understand that at all. So I need someone to explain it to me. <laughs> I, I understood it before he even finished what he was saying. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah. And so ACDC is blasting um, again. And they kill Gunwagon in a really stupid way. And so then they're all in attack mode. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so then they finally leave the Dixie Boy. Finally. And they blow up this truck that has a goblin face on it, which is like the main antagonist. It doesn't just have a goblin face. Yes, <laughs> this is no this is important though. It's legitimately the green goblin from Spider-Man with the purple hat. It's it and they even said it Classic. is actually that green goblin. So I imagine the licensing fees for that were also expensive. So it's an important Also, point. why do it? It's Steve, like Stephen King's a huge Spider-Man fan, or he grew up on Spider-Man. So uh, I think is what like his whole thing is with Spider-Man. Okay, there's there's a reasoning there, but it still doesn't make any sense. Because I mean, listener, you, you should see. It. We'll put it up on Facebook. A picture of this truck. It's the like the the head is like the size of a human being. And it's like smack over the front of the engine compartment. And mm. its eyes, which are like two feet wide, glow red occasionally. occasionally. And this is supposed to be a toy truck, like a, a truck that delivers toys. It's supposed to be like happy and everything, but it's the most demonic looking thing. Yeah. I put goblin devil truck. Um, yeah, so they're, they're all finally escaping from Dixie Boy. And the kid, baseball boy, is there. He kills a sign with a gun. And um, they blow up Devil Truck, and then they get on a boat. To Haven, I guess, is what Cam said. They're going to Haven. Oh, I forgot to bring up um, the, the um, waitress that screams, we made you twice. <laughs> that happens, yeah. but I think we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, but yeah, the whole who made who, that's a plant later for this waitress just to scream at the audience for way too long multiple times, we made you. Also, she causes the deaths of multiple people because she just keeps running out into the open and the people run out there to save her and they get murdered Yeah, every time. It's, so. it's also kind of a, a continuous half-assed um, conversation that everybody is having is like, how could they do this to us? We made them and they think they're in charge or whatever. Yes. Everyone is just completely accepting that the trucks are sentient. They're mostly just like uh, abashed at the, uh, like I'm affronted by how impolite these trucks are being. I mean, these trucks are my servant. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then the best thing ever is the end text. That is, 12,000 oh, times more ridiculous than the beginning text. Yes. <laughs> and a better movie than yeah. what we just watched. So this end text is suddenly just like, oh, also, and there was a UFO, you know, a few miles outside of Earth, and then, like, the Russians blew it up with a satellite, and then everything went away, and it was fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like, what? And the alien thing is important, because, like, they do, they do bring it up. It's a, there's a plant. It just... 
for them to just put it in text at the end and be like, oh, by the way, this happened. Like, it just felt so slapped on to the film. Oh, I, yeah. Because isn't it when it's, it's planted, it's like Emilio, like having a heat stroke is just sort of like, I think it's aliens. That's probably what it is. <laughs> well, it's, it's in his broom conversation. Yeah. He's talking about, because like the broom yeah, conversation comes on and that's like the whole thing is I'm like, oh, he's talking about like aliens. Like that's what this comet is. Because aliens, I guess, shot a rock into orbit around the solar system so that it would come by for eight days. But, I mean, yeah, that that's the whole film, though, except for, you know, like our favorite scenes. Disaster. Which really gotten into because there's a lot. Let's dive in. So the Dixie Boy, like we said, is a uh, truck stop in North Carolina. Emilio works there. He's on parole. And we know this because he is having a meeting with his boss, whose name is Bubba Hendershot, except he only ever calls everyone else Bubba. It mm-hmm. makes no sense. I was so, because at first I thought Emilio's name was Bubba. And then I'm like, no, this guy's still calling other people Bubba. And then he's like calling the Coast Guard at one point, And it's like, this is Bubba Hendershot. I, I, I don't get, like, I've never heard of someone having a nickname and then just only using it for everyone else. I don't get yeah. hung up on this. Maybe he's just bad with first names and like everybody's Bubba. Maybe he doesn't even know his own first name. So just everybody's Bubba. <laughs> Oh, he has face blindness. <laughs> <laughs> even for himself and in the, in, in the marriage, he doesn't even know who he's looking at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, the, the boss bad guy Bubba is just a complete asshole and is trying to like basically kind of steal money from Emilio because he's on parole and he's like, aha, I can send you back to jail if you want. And how he like says he holds up his time card and he's like look see this star right here you're on parole that's what that star means and then a little bit later we see emilio put the card back and there are a couple other cards there with stars on them including one that has two stars Thank and i'm you. so curious as to what that means. yeah what does that yes, mean <laughs> i have no idea what that means i i was wondering Double that same parole? thing <laughs> Did, like, did Stephen King forget to tell people what the stars were for? So one of the art department people was like, I'll just put two just to make it different. So then they just kept it. I, yes. I, whose name was on the double star? I don't remember. Oh, I don't know. That's something we can pull up after. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So I just wanted to like go over some of those things. There is, like we said, the video game um, arcade, I guess, in the back. It's this tiny little room with like five machines in it. Um, uh, there's a, a black character, I think one of only two black people in this movie, and he is only a stereotype. It's really rough to watch. And he gets electrocuted simply by touching a pinball machine, which is oh, by far God, not yeah. the most uh, bizarre death that happens in this movie. Well, it does um, the- And then they dump him in the basement. Well, they do this- yeah. <laughs> They do the psychic thing uh, on one of the arcade machines where they have like all these different uh, symbols passing. And I wanted to know why that was. Cause like they have like the star, the square, the triangle, and, like it's all on this certain order. Apparently- It wasn't on the pinball machine. It was on the arcade it was, Yeah, it was on the arcade cabinet. Yeah. And apparently this is something that psychics use to hypnotize people. That's what I read is those same symbols, that same sequence. So that's what that was supposed to be. Oh, I thought it was a Polybius reference. But it's not explained. Yeah, it's not explained at all, so Polybius didn't exist at the time, so. 
And I thought it was a like shining reference mm. and it's like affecting the computers or whatever. Yeah. And then the other black guy in this movie, he's only in it as the driver of the devil gobble truck. Yep. Of the gobble truck, which we only know because he holds up the keys at one point when the truck goes berserk. He's like, Oh, that's yes. mine. It's the only reason we know he's the driver and he doesn't matter for the rest of the film. So, yep. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of it. I mean, um, there was one other thing that I wanted to talk about before we move on, uh, which was the baseball field scene, which we, which we touched on and we touched on the kid dying, which was just so crazy. I rewound it. I couldn't believe they did it. Um, but oh, yeah. Stephen King loves to do that in his books. Kids die all the time in Stephen mm-hmm. King books. Kids it's die. They have orgies. Stephen King, everybody. That's yep. But there's one thing, because this is going to be a runner that I will get into and harp on throughout the remainder of this uh, episode. What can these machines do? Because the soda machine shoots the soda out as if it were one of those baseball pitching machines. There's Mm -hmm. no way the equipment inside is built for that. Like, how is this happening? Like, the coach gets his skull crushed with the force of a soda can. Yeah. Yeah, it's it looks brutal. And what I realized when watching it is there's like those little tubes in there. If you look in the soda machine, there's like tubes swishing back and forth. Yeah. And what they look like is if you've ever been to uh, like an amusement park or anything, they have like those games where you shoot the balls and with like the air where like the uh-huh. balls shoot out and you like air knock guns. things down. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly what they are. They're like air cannon shooting soda cans, which I don't know why those would be in a soda machine. But <laughs> yeah. That's how you get your drink. Just rocks them straight out at you. <laughs> yeah. And, and I felt pretty like, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Cause the one other thing is the cans seem like they are full. Like, they're not, fl- like, flying around as if they're very light. I really feel like Stephen King was behind the camera chucking sodas at a kid. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's how this scene like. played out. Because yeah. it, it just looked like people were tossing them at people. Yeah. It, and then people just die. And this is where we go on the bike tour of this kid's hellish Yeah, that... That happens a little bit later. Uh, I was going to say, Robert, did you read? So you mentioned the kid that dies in this scene, right? The kid, he gets steamrolled to death. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you read about that scene, about what happened behind the scenes with it? No. So it was supposed to be a lot more gruesome, apparently. Uh, So Stephen King wanted a blood bag there so that, and he wanted it to go before the kid. That way, when the steamroller rolled over, it would look like there was just like a ton of blood that came out of the kid. Well, like it looked like it was supposed to. Yeah, like it just like painted the grass. Well, the bag malfunctioned apparently when they were shooting, and instead it exploded too early, and it exploded when the kid's head got crushed. So it just looked like, like it looked like blood everywhere. Uh, Apparently, Stephen King loved it. He was his favorite thing, but they had to cut it because the censor said no. So, (laughs) so it was supposed to be way more gruesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my favorite things I read about this. It was ridiculous and over the top. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. So it's like you want to talk about the electric knife? I would like to talk about the electric <laughs> knife real quick. Uh, so the electric knife is just one of the things in the film that I think shows the Stephen King himself quoted called this a morons movie. So it it shows kind of like that moronic atmosphere to this film. 
when the knife turns on, as we mentioned, it kind of just floats and swivels by itself and then just jumps to attack. But I've never understood how. And I still don't Magic comic understand piece. how, because this is one of the few things, like at least the other things, like they, they shouldn't be able to press down the pedals and stuff like that, but at least I can kind of get behind it. Whereas this thing should have had to just stay stationary and should have just like waited for someone to reach towards it when it turned on. But that's not even the dumbest thing in the scene to me. The dumbest thing is Mr. Hero Estevez. He runs in and his only reaction, instead of like unplugging it, taking out the batteries, whatever you might need to do, is he just takes a hammer to it, like immediately. That's his reaction to a malfunctioning piece of equipment. And they have no idea at this point that like robots are taking over the planet or are becoming sentient or whatever. And so he just, that's his normal everyday reaction to something malfunctioning. It's just hammer cracking it open multiple times. But he's on parole, so. Yeah, and not only does he crack it open with a hammer, he does it in such a way where, like, he brings the hammer down on the body of the machine, but the blade is right next to his fingers. He just does it in the stupidest way possible, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. it's the dumbest scene to kick us off for, like, how dangerous everything's going to be. And it really doesn't cut up her hand that much, either, when you really think about, like, what those things, like, I've seen what those things can do to, you know, like, a full-on chicken, like it just barely slices her hand. It's like more like a little bit it's more like troublesome than a paper cut. It's yeah. I mean, those things, if anyone's ever used them, two blades usually are on them and they just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Or there's one blade that just goes back and forth. I mean, like they can saw through bone. They're pretty intense, but it doesn't, it barely slices up her wrist. Cause she doesn't die from this or anything. In fact, no. isn't she the one who yells who made you or, who yes. made you or whatever? Yeah. Yes, that's my thought. One. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you pukey things. We'll get there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but after that, we go to the my my favorite scene. Is he dead? Is he dead? Oh yeah. God, I need to lay down while you guys talk about this. <laughs> so I guess her real name is Connie. Yes. Question mark. Yeah, it's Connie and Curtis. <laughs> and like you typed here, this whole scene is just manic screaming. Um, they roll up like we mentioned, to, like, get off the highway to, like, for a rest stop or whatever. And they see a dead guy, and she just starts screaming. Is he dead? (laughs) Curtis? (laughs) But, like, I called him Kurt Curtis because every single time she calls for him, she goes, Kurt Curtis! (laughs) And gets progressively louder every time, just screaming. And he doesn't answer her. No, and they they just kind of like walk around or he walks around she's still in the car and he is like unfazed by this dead man in the road and then the truck attacks him well and the biggest thing here is so the truck doesn't just attack him he's standing here and he's got a dead person next to him there's no one else around the only other possible person around is in this truck that starts to like back out and it doesn't ever occur to him in this, maybe that's the guy driving the truck, if there's someone driving it, that killed the dude sitting next to me, since he's the only other person that could have maybe done it. And instead, he's like, hey, we need help over here. And then it just charges in. But he makes it out. He somehow makes it out. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I... Go ahead. Twice in this scene, he stands around for entirely too long, just sort of like staring dumbly. 
Mm-hmm. And his wife is the single time she is correct in the movie. Like, get in the car. <laughs> like, it already tried to kill you once, and yet you're still staring at it as it, like, tries to back up because it's wedged into the building. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is, that's how, like, usually in these situations, I'm like, oh, he shouldn't have survived because you can't get out of it. No, this truck, he had so much opportunity to just run. Because it's, it's a big truck. It doesn't turn very well either. Like, it's pretty much on a straight bullet path. But no, he doesn't ever try and save himself. He's an idiot consistently throughout the film. He's also got a really weird personality. He like he, he most of these characters seem to be like unfazed. Like most of the men, I guess, are like they just have no way of reacting to anything that's going on. But then the women are always way over the top. Like this bitch, for example, just spends the entire movie screaming at the absolute top of her lungs. It's just yeah, completely also- unbalanced. Yeah, I want to uh, point out a note that I added here, which is uh, Robbie hates this character. She is so annoying, like only to the point of that must have been the director and the actor's intention, which was such a terrible thing. Like she's shrill and... Oh my God, it curdled my blood. I was writing notes with my pen and I kept reflexively grabbing my pen as if it were something I could stab her with. Well, like, and my favorite thing about this character is this is, I, this is very early in Smith's career. And again, it's three years before she did Lisa Simpson, which pretty much became her whole career. Like Lisa is her career. And I can just see this young 22 year old actress has Stephen King this famed writer in front of her telling her, no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Maybe just scream louder. And she's just believing it because you don't know what to think. Like, I mean, a lot of times as actors, you have no objective look at anything. Everything is just from what you're being told and you can just see it. And it's, she continually talks about that. It's an embarrassing film when she talks about it. Yeah. So, yeah. This is also one of my favorite parts, this next part, but the, you go ahead yes, and describe the kid this going down the street. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay, so baseball kid has like escaped and he spends a bunch of the movie just sort of like running around on his bike, I guess biking around then, um, and like getting into and out of bushes as cars go by. Uh, and finally, he, he uh, rejoins the main plot where he just drives, he just uh, rides down the street seeing all of the mayhem caused by the machines. And this scene alone took up maybe half a page of my notes of just confusion as to how did these people die? I mean, Cameron, do you want to talk about what was your favorite one? So, I mean, like my favorite people are the ones that are upstairs because there's multiple people that are upstairs in their houses as he's riding through this neighborhood. And they're they're just hanging out of windows. And sometimes they have blood on them. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're just there. And I don't know how any of them died. And they all died with their eyes open too, which is another thing yep. about this scene. But then there's, I see that there's a note in here about this. Uh, one of the worst ones is the dead dog. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't understand, one, how the dog died. Or two, why it's so even it, like, there. So it like choked on a remote control car? Did it? Because the whole car is on the outside of its mouth, though. What? Yeah. It's like it's it's it bit down on the car, but then it's just laying there dead. So I don't know if it 
Also, it should be noted that these streets are literally covered with dead people. Oh, it's just... And this child is completely unfazed by it. Yeah. You just ride around like, oh, look at that. All right. He's, he's not phased until he tries to go to, I think, his house. That's, the, that's what I got from this, is he tries to go to his house, but then the lawnmower turns on and he gets back on his bike and rides away. Like, oh. The lawnmower starts to chase him. Uh, did you read about the lawnmower? Did you? I, I put in here that it nearly killed the cinematographer. Did you read about that at all? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you go ahead and take it though. Uh, so the cinematographer lost, in real life in real life lost his right eye in this film, uh, and this is what makes the lawnmower the scariest character in this film. Because what happened is, is it malfunctioned. It was on a remote control, and it malfunctioned. It ran into a wood block that knocked over a tripod, supposedly, and it splintered wood everywhere because of this. And part of that splinter went into the cinematographer's eye, who then sued Stephen King for more than the budget of this film. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I read that, I think it was 18 million is what he sued him for. And it was settled outside of court or something like that. But yeah, 18 million is a whole 8 million over the budget of this film and more than like the sum total of any money involved with this film together. Since it only made okay. 3 million. And- yeah. We have now discovered the real reason why Stephen King isn't going to make any more movies. <laughs> Probably, honestly, is part of the reason. But I mean, I, I will say, I don't know if that's Stephen King's fault. I don't, the directors don't handle the cameras. I understand why King was sued, I guess. But, I mean, in reality... It's a movie. I mean, in reality, I would think, wouldn't that be the cinematographer's fault for putting, for one, a tripod on a wood block like that? I don't know. What I had read was that um, the cinematographer was like, no, we're not going to put blades in the lawnmower. It's like, that's just uh, dumb. We don't, need to, we don't need to see that. And Stephen King was like, no. <laughs> it's got to be real, man. <laughs> You're doing the best at Stephen King impressions if, today. If Stephen King ever <laughs> listens to this, I really hope... We love you. I, we do. We really do. And I really hope that really, he'll just make one library. comment... Like Robert's impression was exactly what happened. That's <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Though. I, I feel like he would that. agree. <laughs> Why was there a blade in the lawnmower? Now that I think about that, I, that's the that's a great thing. point. <laughs> that's a really great point. Yeah. So Robert, which death was your favorite then on this street? Uh, you listed okay, a couple. Okay, so. Yeah, it's that's the thing. It's a th- like I don't know about favorite, but I had so many that were confusing. First of all, to Cameron's earlier point about like not everything that's like electronic or machinery is being taken over because the sprinklers are like doing a weird thing where they're like messing with the kid. Um, yeah, and like these machines seem to have an odd sense of humor because I think an earlier point there's like a train crossing station that just sort of like like flashes its like like oh. Nope. Like it fakes out the, the drivers. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, weirdly it playful. Out, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, Kurt that's, and Connie. Yeah, Scream and Lisa. Yeah. Um, someone dies because I guess they were listening to a Walkman too hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to put it. It doesn't yeah. make any yeah. sense because it looks like the headphones choked them, but like there is nothing electronic about that. Well, no. there's like it's there's like blood trails coming out of his ears, but he's just like sitting on his porch. Oh, was that his ears? Yeah, I thought it was like and his I was neck. Like, okay. Oh, maybe there maybe was another yeah, one. Like that, there was another one that was strangled by her cord. 
that she had. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of that because that was yeah. one of the ones that was coming out of like the second story window. Yeah, there was another yes. one. She was just strangled for some reason. But again, who, how? Is that the hairdryer question mark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She, I'm pretty sure it's a hairdryer that she gets strangled it by. It is. You're and right. She's like yeah. out the window as if, you know, this were a set that was being dressed. And it's the just window so, is like, not broken. It's just open. Yeah. Yes, it's just open. <laughs> she's just sort of like gently lying partially out of it, going like with a blank, dead-eyed stare. Um, and then, so this is the last one, is um, a lot of people die in really confusing ways, but from their cars. Like there's one guy in a pizza delivery truck in this scene who like, crashed into something and he's like halfway leaning out of the driver's side window with just blood coming down. And I was like, okay, did he like get caught in the window and then like get crushed like that? Like how did this, how did he die? Was he driving with his torso out the window? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a woman at the end of the movie. We'll, I mean, we'll get to it. It's not that important. Who, who clearly just appears to have been choked by the, uh, the window going up while her head was sticking out. Why was her head sticking out? In I know the first there are so place? many of them. They're like usually in the background. If you see people dead in the car, they're probably like partially out of a window. Yeah, I feel like what he was going for, and I don't know. I'm not going to try and completely dissect cocaine, Stephen King, but I feel like he wanted like the feeling of the cars were locking people inside and not letting them out. So their only way out was the window. So they thought, so people kept trying to climb out the windows and then the car would just that makes sense in this roll up the window. I'm just saying, maybe that's what's happening. All right, I'm trying to make as much sense out of this as possible. Cameron, I'm starting to become concerned that you're on Coke and that's how you're able to discern this. <laughs> you think that's coffee in his cup? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just- No, it's just cocaine. Special it's just cocaine sugar. in this mug of coffee I'm drinking. <laughs> It's not powdered creamer. It's powdered something there, else. There's no liquid in it at all. There's just just, just dumping just sand okay. down my throat. <laughs> it's like Miami Connection all over again. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah. Was there anything else about this scene that we wanted to go over? I think we got everything. I think we got After everything. After this, the that. kid continually is just unfazed by death. And just continually getting that. into not trouble, but yet he's running into more technology than anyone else. But... Oh, the kid is the most competent character. Yeah. He stays alive alone out in the wilderness while people who are in perfect safety do very stupid things that get themselves killed. Yeah. Um, he gets away from an airplane at one point. Yes. Gets away, I guess. <laughs> and for- later, we, I'm pretty sure we see that airplane stuck through the top of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> straight, straight down. Through, I completely As if it did a dive airplane. bomb. <sighs> And we don't even see the airplane. We see it, it plays right at the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. And then it's gone from the movie until we see it straight it's into a truck. It's one of those that cuts weirdly. Like it just ends. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is in my notes where I wrote down, like there's like a lot of music. It's very loud. And then it's a hard cut to yeah, just like just people stops. sitting around in the diner. There's no rhythm to it. It's so jarring. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, speaking ahead. of people who get... Um, killed for doing stupid things. The horrible Bible salesman, which we mentioned earlier, he like gets angry that somebody hit his car and runs outside to confront the murderous trucks and is knocked into a ditch. And this causes him to die, kind of. Um, 
I don't really know how else to explain it. It was so gentle. And I wrote in my notes like, oh, wow. So that just killed him. That was all it took. Turns out he's not dead. He's just in a ditch outside. And several hours later, I guess, wakes up. And with the voice like he's been turned into a witch is like, help me. Help me. It's so strange the choice to do with that mm-hmm. um so what, what happens next is a very stupid and pointless rescue in which kurt curtis and emilio the hero uh are decide that they're going to go into they're going to run across the parking lot dodging the trucks i don't understand how you sneak past a truck because what fucking sensory equipment do they have that's what like, i was wondering yeah this whole thing, this whole thing, they can see them, but they can't see them from certain angles. Like they have eyes. There's a Keep scene going. earlier where like the, uh, one of the big trucks like slides its me- rear view mirror or like one of the side mirrors to the side to track people as they're walking. So I'm like, are the mirrors the eyes? And uh, so during the same bit, they're sneaking through and Emilio says to Kurt Curtis, like, hey, don't, like, you know, just, like, move quietly. Don't shuffle. Like, don't pick up your feet. And I'm like, so the trucks can hear? Like, why are we making this assumption? Oh, my God. (laughs) How can they do this? No, it's, well, and there's there's another point, too, where they say that it'll be easier to move at night because, you know, like, they won't be able to, like, they won't get caught as easily. But I assume that means just that they have to be caught in the headlights then or maybe heard. And I don't, I don't know how they get, like how getting caught in the headlights matters if they're not seeing anything, or how that makes it easier to move at night. No, I think it's also the time to broach this subject. Um, I think we are all relatively um, young and limber people, so maybe it's not <laughs> everything for the uh, for the pop. It wouldn't be the same for the entire population, but. I would hazard a guess that any one of us would be able to avoid being run over by a big rig. They have such a slow, like, run-up. People, like, there are multiple points, and we'll get to them, I guess, when we get to them, but, like, where trucks sneak up on people. Yeah. It's so, but, like, an 18-wheeler with the trailer attached. It doesn't make any sense, and no one ever, like, just sort of, like, moves to the left or right. Like, they can't turn that quickly. What are you doing? Yeah. So, anyway, everyone's just an idiot. Um, Emilio the Hero and Kurt Curtis go into the showers and crawl into a drain, which empties out into the ditch where they're going to find the Bible salesman. And at this point is where the uh, husband proves that he is a perfect match for his wife because he won't shut his fucking mouth the entire time. This, this is what I was talking about earlier. Where he, he just, like, he makes jokes the whole time. And it's like, do you understand the apocalypse is now? <laughs> yeah, not even jokes, just sort of like, oh, it's dark in here. Whoa, this bag is heavy. How many people have pissed in this? Like, right as Emilio face plants into the sewer water. Yeah. There's also, they find the rat, too. And uh, Curtis is like, go away, get out of here. What are you doing in here? This is home. What are you doing in there? Yeah, and Emilio is like, hey, uh, hey, Curtis, I found you a friend. Like, what? Why are you guys so jovial? 
You're going you're to find like a rescue mission. Man. Yeah. Like multiple people have died today. Stop fucking around. <laughs> So they, uh, they're they crawling out and, uh, like, reach the drainage pipe around the same time that um, Bill, uh, the baseball kid shows up. And um, he's, he's like, hey, mister, are you dead? He gets, like, really close to him, really right in his face. Hey, mister, are you dead? And then, like, puts his head on his chest to listen to his fucking heartbeat. And then, I guess, decides he doesn't hear anything. Unfazed by death. Yes. Like, no, he's just willing to touch this corpse. A lot of people touch corpses in this movie. Um, and he like, he's like, okay, well, I don't hear a heartbeat. And then turns to go away. And then the, the Bible salesman is like, blah! <laughs> just sort of like, ha I'm alive. Grabs the kid and is like, again, in a witch voice, we don't hear his, we don't see him talking, which makes me think this was all ADR. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what they... What they, why they thought what is in here now is better because he basically threatens to kill the kid. Yeah. Like, drag me out of here or I'll fucking kill you. So, yeah. The Bible salesman is only the worst person ever. Um, and at this point, the um, our uh, massive air quotes around heroes show up and see the kid, like, trying to drag the uh the dead bible salesman because he is now dead okay That's... but like how this part yes. was so confusing to me the kid is suddenly dragging this man who was just like attacking him mm-hmm. and the other two are like he's dead he's dead run away and it's like <laughs> what how yeah he clearly wasn't two seconds ago and although, like, maybe his heart restarted and then also shut down again oh, after, no. like, five seconds. But they take this kid back through the sewers, and when they get back up, they're like, that's not whatever the guy's name is. Like, where's the Bible salesman, dude? And they're like, he's dead. And that's it. Yep. They also, yeah. real quick, I just want to mention, they are in the showers of the truck stop. They just went through disgusting however long old sewage they don't think like maybe we should just wash off real quick in the showers (laughs) they just they have the opportunity they could just wash off and then go back but no they don't do that yeah i'm pretty sure they like climb back up through the sewers run outside uh the like fourth bazooka moment happens where a truck gets blown up And then immediately (laughs) Emilio goes and hugs the road twitch and like presses his sewage covered body against hers. And then they Mm -hmm. probably go have sex again. They do because they, they wind up in a bed shortly after. Yeah. They're all sleeping like with their sewage covered bodies in bed with other people. Yeah. (sighs) And it's It's so weird. It's gross. Also, this is the moment where uh, Deke, which is the baseball kid's name, uh, he finds out that his dad is dead and I mean like they don't this whole thing is weird because like I guess we didn't did we mention how his dad dies? I remember oh. how his dad dies. His uh, dad no, gets the one over. who gets blinded by the yeah. diesel and then he's mm-hmm. gonna go try and find his kid. He he gets run over in the same scene that the Bible salesman gets knocked oh, into a ditch. That's the guy. And who then dies. they blow up a semi truck. Yeah. Yeah. So like Deke shows up expecting to see his dad and like basically it's like, sorry, he was like blinded by gasoline and, blown and up. then kind of blown up and run over. <laughs> so <laughs> your dad's dead, kid. 
Uh, oh yeah, Bubba is yeah. just straight up like, well, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's real shitty. Sorry, but your dad got run over. That's that's tough knocks, and everyone is like, dude, shut the fuck up. Why are you doing it this way? What were they gonna tell him though? Like, I mean, there's not a lot to tell the kid. Like, your dad was in horrible pain, and he was gonna go find you while he couldn't see. And then we, you know, don't tell him anything him about hit. the details. Just say, hey, sorry, kid, but your dad didn't make it. And then we blow him up. <laughs> do it much gentler i'm pretty sure his body is down in the basement no it um, is yeah yeah everyone's body is in the basement and like they okay the weird thing about this i don't know if i made this all that clear with having bodies in the basement is he started chucking bodies in the basement before we knew it was the apocalypse and he couldn't leave yeah yes yeah. <laughs> he just because like he does that to the arcade dude one of the other people in the diner is in in the arcade and he's like what do we do with him He's like, oh, I'll just put him in the basement. Makes you wonder how many corpses have been in this basement before. Yeah, yeah don't call the cops. Don't do anything like that. Just in the basement. Don't for even now. try. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much it for that scene. Allie, would you like to take the gas pumping scene? This is a little bit long, but sure. Um, so we mentioned earlier that all of a sudden, since these trucks have been driving around so much, uh, they're hungry. Uh, they're out of gas. They need humans to pump gas for them, even though supposedly they can control the gas pumps on their own. Whatever. Um, and so, <laughs> gun cart rolls up. <laughs> Super threatening. It's literally, it's like a trailer. Like, it's, it's just something you stick on the back of a car, pretty much. And there's, like, a pole in the middle with a gun on it. Just, like... A rifle. Mm -hmm. It's a real military vehicle. What, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seriously? Yeah. Why is it necessary in North Carolina? (laughs) Why is this just like, like, oh no, this is something we're going to need in a civilian suburban area. Yeah, where did it come from? You say this in a movie where people are being murdered by semi-trucks, so maybe that's why (laughs) they needed it. They were ready for anything. (laughs) They were ready for the North Carolina invasion of semi-trucks. So yeah, gun cart rolls really up. nonplussed by it. <laughs> but how did, wait, you didn't say how it tells them that it's hungry, though. Oh. <laughs> how did it? Morse code. Morse oh code. Oh, my God, yeah. Yes, which they only know because Deke happens to be there. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have just so, been, like, yeah. So is it gun cart that's doing Morse code, yeah. or is it? Yes. Another analog versus what is electric problem. Yeah, I'm going to call it gun wagon because I like that better. Um. Gunwagon starts beeping out Morse code or whatever, and the kid's like, that's Morse code, I can tell. I got that badge in Scouts or something. And he just writes out a message that's like, we hungry. (laughs) Feed us or die. (laughs) And so then somehow these telepathic trucks call every other truck in the area, and they all just roll up and they start this long-ass montage of everyone at the diner gas station thing just pumping gas for all these trucks. It's so unnecessary. It's really long. The entirety of Hell's Bells plays. Um, mm. it's, and everyone is, like, delirious and, like, their hands are all shredded from simply standing under a, like, a shaded area, uh, like, holding a nozzle. 
closed. Just pumping gas. There are people that yeah. actually do this for a job all day long and they don't experience blisters. Because in places and it seems like to be all Oregon, one day. You, you have to have people pump gas for you. So, like, this is a thing. <laughs> um, and speaking of delirious, they show that Hero over here is delirious. Oh, God, Cam found the speech. um so hero over here is delirious and he's like i figured it out the comet the comet's like a broom and cube broom speech so i guess you want me to read this whole damn thing one of you gotta read it or i can yes and please read it in character (laughs) i can't do that i don't know what to do for his character (laughs) just be a boring white guy Yeah, flat affect, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So he goes on this speech. Here it is. It isn't the comet. It's a broom. Imagine you're a race of aliens, right? And you're looking for a new place to live. Say you're looking for a planet like you and I looking for a new place to live, a new house. So here's Earth, only it's like this big old house. And it's kind of polluted, dirty and smoky. Grease on the walls, soot in the chimney, so they send in their interstellar house cleaners. Send in their broom, sweep us all up. That's what it is, it's a broom. Using our machines to sweep us right off. What the fuck does any of that Reading the words from the actual (laughs) speech just makes it sound even worse. And I was trying to remember where he was pausing and like the garbage cadence that he had. I'm sure I made it sound more interesting and than this it actually is, is in the movie. This is his giant, like, philosophical moment, too. This is, like, our heroes, like, man, I just thought about this. Yeah, this is also, like, <laughs> this is where they say it's aliens. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and this is after, like, he's been pumping gas all day and is very understandably, like, about to go into a coma. And it's just sort of like lying down, like his head is rocking back and forth. His eyes aren't open. He's like, there's soot in the chimney and grease on the walls. Also, I wanted to um, mention too, as he's going into delirium um, before the speech, they run out of gas and he's like, sorry guys, we're out of gas. And so then this other truck rolls up to where they dump the gas into the gas station and is like, I'm a gas truck. Without the words. But yeah. 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 Like here, I pour wrote, me in. It like it like aggro chest, but like you know when like a bro douche is like, I want to fight you, and like just get like chest bumps and like yeah. right in your face. The <laughs> truck was essentially doing that to Emilio. It was like bullying him into like, all right, now you put my gas back into the tank so we can put it into the thing. And I'm like, how are you not able to do this for yourself? Like the knife could float. Yeah, can you move things or not? Yeah, why aren't you just directly refueling? Like, everybody. What are the rules? There aren't any. So Uh, now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to know this is aliens because Emilio has a breakdown. And I guess he's right. Question mark. Um, So there's one other thing in this scene that I want to go over. Um, We kind of glossed over the waitress a little bit, who I think is the best actor in this movie. She goes absolutely bananas twice. I know. How do we miss the waitress? Yeah. She keeps screaming, we made you, over and over again. Like, where's your sense of loyalty, you pukey things? There are so many weird lines in this movie. Someone earlier is like, get out of the way, you happy asshole. I wrote some down earlier. Like, some of the stupid words that they say 
include things like puss bag and horse pucky from Bubba. There, there's also a line in here that I just found called uh, where he just says, uh, Jesus is coming and he's pissed. And I don't even know what context <laughs> that was in anymore. <laughs> and also, I've seen things in this city that make Dante's Inferno read like Winnie the Pooh. That's, that's also a line from this film written by Stephen King. I mean, there's some gold in there, but just yeah. get off the crack, bro. Oh, yeah. So anyway, the, the waitress who uh, I think is, like I said, one of the greatest actors I've ever seen uh, gets killed for once again, stupidly running outside. Only this time the heroes are all like, you know what? No, we're not going after her. She's mm-hmm. just going to die. And she does. She gets gunned down by, uh, by the machine gun wagon. And uh, afterwards, I swear to God, because I rewound it several times, I could not believe that Stephen King did this. There is a tiger growl. Yeah. After the gun is done firing, he inserts a tiger's growl mm-hmm. for it's no all, it's reason. It's like a growl or like a belch, like, oh, I've destroyed you. I think it was supposed to be like a growl from the engine. I think that's what they engine. were going for. Like the car is like, ha, but not well I would done. agree with that. Not if not well for the fact that in the very next scene, a bulldozer straight up laughs. <laughs> like these things have, they're able to produce sounds that they not, they shouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Also that scene where we made you a waitress is out there screaming and doing like the funniest thing too, is she's like doing this dance, like we made you. Like, <laughs> and I've seen that before on like a compilation of like just the worst scenes in movie history. And I had no idea that was part of this movie. So when that popped up, I was like, oh, I've seen that. <laughs> it's the We Made You scene. It's like this was take 12 on a run where Stephen King was directing this actress. Like, no, more, bigger. I want louder, bigger motions, a lot more jerking around. And she's oh. holding the missile bazooka thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Which, thank you for bringing that up. Because it's the missile that... Um, Bubba just shot before he died. Like the bad guy just dies unceremoniously. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But like the waitress picks it up and it's just reloaded. It's like that hilarious yeah. thing in action movies where like the hero has a six shooter and fires 20 times, except it's more preposterous because once again, it's a fucking bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, moving on. Um, after all this happens, they escape air quotes around that yeah this is the end of the film here yeah <laughs> this movie flows so weirdly like i can't at there's, this point i was like wait, like how much left there's like 10 minutes left when the escape starts in the movie and that's including credits mm-hmm. this movie just wraps up so quickly and also like what the scene we were just talking about i'm pretty sure these scenes are supposed to take place back to back yet very suddenly it's nighttime yeah yeah, it's, they're all of a sudden just running through the night across the street. They make it away from the trucks and stuff. Um, like you said, Robert, a bulldozer laughs. Well, real quick, you guys haven't brought up something that I feel like is very important. Machine gun car gun gets wagon. duped. <laughs> so duped. Yeah, just punch gun wagon and that's okay. They, they, they literally 
they're like walking and whispering. And then at one point, this thing's like this gun is just following them. Right. And then it's, and then he's like, don't listen. We're just talking to each other. And then this isn't something you'd be interested in. Yeah. As if again, can it hear, can the gun hear? I don't know if it can, but then he just smacks it and it just spins. Like it had no control in the first place and it's just firing randomly. Yeah. I feel like this was important. I just want to make sure that was there. Um, this is also at the end scene here where we see a plane stuck completely straight through a bus, Mm -hmm. but just completely vertical, just straight up and down into the top of the bus. And I'm assuming it's supposed to be the plane from earlier that we mentioned that the kid runs away from. I think it is because it's like the same color. Yeah. But it, it, I really can't uh, like stress this enough, listener, that it doesn't make sense how that happened. Like in order <laughs> no. for the, the plane to hit the bus like that, it had to have been like flying straight down at the ground. And the, like, they both would have just been obliterated in an explosion. Yeah. But instead, it's just sort of like gently perched with the like uh, propeller part in the top of the bus. It makes absolutely no sense. And there's this huge group of them, too, just walking around. And they come up on, I don't even know what it is. It's like one of those signs with like a speaker on it. And it's saying, humans here, humans here. <laughs> it's like talking. It's like an alarm or something. I don't even know. And yeah, I don't know what it's alerting. How is the speaker able to talk? Once again, what are the rules? Yeah. I don't even know who it's alerting though. Like, why is it just suddenly going humans here as if trucks don't have speakers in them and other things have been able to talk. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also my favorite thing because baseball kid literally walks up to the sign that's still shouting humans here. He's like, I got this. And he like yells at it. This kid is like 10, maybe 12. And he lifts up this enormous gun and he's like, this is for my dad. And he like destroys the sign with a gun with like perfect aim from a 10 year old who may have never shot a gun before. And then somebody else walks out to be like, are you okay? And he just goes, I don't want this anymore. <laughs> like hands he gives off. the gun to the road twitch. <laughs> oh my God. I just, I love it. I love it. It's it's a really weird scene. I guess this was like uh, uh, Stephen King trying to be like, oh, you know what? We need to give this kid like a win. Like we need to give him a moment of catharsis. And apparently that is accomplished simply by having him shoot something that is not really causing them any harm. It's just like and have humans to do here. Anything. Yeah. And it's going for a while. There's clearly nothing in earshot that's coming. No. Just move away. And he's like, okay, I'm done. I don't need this gun anymore. I'm like, no, you definitely do, kid. <laughs> so this is also where Goblin Truck finally dies because it does eventually roll up on them. They get to the pier. Yeah, yeah, and they. this is the last and final bazooka explosion of a truck in this movie. Um, yeah. I think I put in the notes, ding dong, double Goblin Truck is dead. <laughs> um. And then this is where Who Made Who actually starts playing with like the lyrics over and over and over and over and over again because it's Who Made mm-hmm. Who. And they get on a boat and that's it. Yeah. Gas station blows yep. up. 
main goblin truck, which is the leader and the main monster, but it's not really either of those things in this film. That's dead. Uh, Also, I want to say that a man eventually bought that, the the destroyed, burnt face of the goblin truck because it survived the fire, barely. Uh, And he bought it. He had it in his video store for a while. He kept it in his backyard. Then he sold it to someone else who restored it, and now it goes to Comic-Cons every now and then. This guy just takes it there, which is kind of fun. So, yeah, so it still exists. It's been restored, and that face is actually real again. Interesting. Which is interesting and fun. Yeah. It took him two years, by the way, to restore it. Totally. Two years straight of work, like full-on work. Yeah. Time well spent. Worth it, right? Worth it to remember this movie. Yeah. And then Uh, this is where we get that stupid-ass dialogue at the end, or I guess, like, text. Yeah. It's like, oh, so there was aliens, and then suddenly blew it up, and then the end. Well, it's also so weirdly sarcastic, because this is, um, this is like towards the tail end of the Cold War, and it's like a Russian, and then with quotes around it, weather satellite, yeah. uh, uh, blew up the UFO with a laser cannon and class four nuclear missiles. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, what a time to work in this message. What are you even saying? They won. They saved the world. And yeah. one of my notes in here was like, okay, so what were the aliens trying to do? Which I guess was answered by Ali's helpful reading of the broom speech. Yeah. I guess they're, they're just here to out. clean us out. So um, they can have it. I don't know. Is, so was the comet just a coincidence? No, the comet was intentional. I think that's what they're saying is that they fired a, a comet, but instead of using like, I don't know, radiation poisoning to kill off the planet or something like that. They just use electric So is this just like, is this Stephen King's attempt at making a uh, Transformers movie? Ish? I want to say ish. I want to say (laughs) Cocaine Stephen King. Is this Optimus Prime's origin story? (laughs) I want to say Cocaine Stephen King forgot that there were Transformers already. And he was like, this is pretty solid. No one's done this. I think that's, I think that's where the idea came from. So Um, that's the movie, kids. Yeah, that is the movie. I do want to say, though, I would kind of like a sequel directed by Roland Emmerich after reading oh, that no, end thing. Roland Emmerich. That's... No. Come on. The end, not doing it anymore. A Russian space satellite blows up a UFO. He's wasted enough of my time. He is wasted so much time. Yeah, time. Roland Emmerich is now persona non grata on my TV. Yeah. We're not doing him again. There's so many films that he made, though. I don't care. <laughs> no, uh, nor do I. They're okay. all the same. How would you guys fix this film then? Uh, make up some rules. Give me some actual rules. I never understood what yeah. was happening, what the what the machines were capable of, and what they weren't. Um, I never really understood what time it was, why anyone was doing the things they were doing. There was a little mystery about like, oh, why is Emilio Estevez on parole? And the answer was like, he robbed a grocery store. Yeah. Uh, okay. Then why is it necessary that he be on parole? No, he didn't really do anything. Like, yeah. He doesn't, doesn't do, even like, go to jail. He doesn't use his prison knowledge in any way. He's just sort of like immediately the leader because the hot girl calls him hero and like immediately bones him. Also, the girl is called a road twitch. Mm-hmm. What is that? Don't Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Cam's going to get back to us on that one. Um, But Allie, do you have thoughts on the music? I mean, 
again, like you said earlier, not hating on ACDC. Like, I think this is like a good movie for ACDC to be playing in, obviously, because Hell's Bells, I think, worked out. Uh, just maybe don't make it a Hell's Bells music video. Just cut Hell's Bells over a short montage. Um, and Who Made Who? That's a good ending. But we do not need every ACDC guitar riff in this entire movie. Um, yep. Just... Just give me something else other than Flight of the Valkyries, I guess. So, I've got your definition for you. Good God. Uh, but I kind of had to put it together. Um, so, a twitch is a brief spasmodic contraction of the muscle fibers. And a road is what cars drive on. <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> no, there's no definition of road twitch. That's so... That's the best we've got. I think a twitch oh. is kind of like a derogatory term for like a like a whore or like a sex worker. I would assume. Okay, and yeah, and I guess like, that may, like road twitch. She's hitchhiking. And, she's just a road bitch. Uh, okay. Yeah. Stephen King likes his weird words. He yeah. does. He does. He's from Maine. Is anybody really from anywhere? If you're from Maine. What? <laughs> what does that mean? Whoa! Me? <laughs> oh my god. Jesus, Colorado, firing shots. Yeah. I'm not even from Colorado. Yeah, she's from Nevada. Shots. Oh, right. Yes. Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyway, so that's how you would fix it, right, Allie? Right. Sure. And, okay. So, I don't. Among other things. I don't know. I don't like. Can you fix it? I don't think it needs to be fixed. I think one way to fix it is to never give it the budget to be made in the first place. That's a good way to fix it. <laughs> this is not a film that makes any sense. Like, I think, I think the way to fix it is just to have the aliens come in and run people over with semis. I'd watch, I'd watch that. I'd watch. Yes, I'd watch that. Like alien truck drivers hunting down people. That would. <laughs> That would be the best. I would absolutely watch that. Uh, also, you need to take out ACDC or put in more ACDC lyrics because there are almost zero in this film. Hell's Bells and Who Made Who are pretty much the only ones. Yep. And it's only the chorus, too. They don't even play the rest of the song. Well, yeah. And they're not used in fun parts. Like, it reminds me of Hellboy, the newest one, not the Guillermo del Toro one that I love, but uh, or ones that I love, but the 2019 one where... There was cool music in it, but it was only ever used for like transitions. And I'm like, why is it in here then? But not for like the fight scenes. But not for the action scenes. Instead, the action scenes are just bland and boring. Hellboy is another thing entirely. But I mean, like, yeah, I mean, the biggest way to fix it, like you said, Robert, like give it rules. It needs rules. There's no anything in this movie that makes sense. Yeah. Or just straight up make it a comedy. Oh, yeah. That would have been good. That would have been fun. I feel like you could fix this now with some very liberal editing and some ADR. Uh, I think the movie would end up being an hour long, but like there is something here. I think that's kind of why I was so frustrated by it when I was watching it. Cause I, uh, my roommates will usually ask me like, Oh, how is that movie? Is that something we should watch? And I said no on this one, just because it was honestly just like too boring. Scenes were too long. There was a lot of stuff that didn't make any sense. It, it was just like, it felt like no one was there to rein Stephen King in. And so he just went hog wild. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like, 
it, for all of the death and destruction in this, there's really no action or exciting moments or anything. It's mostly people t- standing around talking. And like we mentioned, it sometimes scenes cut weird. Oftentimes in this movie, it feels like scenes just cut in the middle of a conversation. We never really get the end of it. Oh, there mm-hmm. was like, a, there was a part. What did she say? Do you remember that? Where, I know like, what you're talking about. I've been trying to remember what she says. There's she like, says like, okay. Yeah, and it it just, cuts. he says something, and then you think it's going to be the start of like this whole conversation. She just goes, "Okay," and then cut. Never goes back. It's never mentions it again. It's it makes no sense, and that's just this film is fraught with the with that. Like the most exciting part of the film is the very intro part. That's the most that and the baseball field to me are probably the two of the most like action exciting films in this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's pretty much every, that's like pretty much all the action in this, though, other than explosions randomly. Missiles. Missiles. Everywhere. Oh, and, um, well, we, we gloss over this, I think, because none of us find this funny because we're not seven years old. But there's one scene that takes place in a bathroom, which is just constantly overlaid with fart noises. Oh, it's, my God so awful and distracting and gross i dry heaved a little yeah why i think we why like, do this? stopped it directly after so i could get up and get another drink yeah and emilio estevez <laughs> at one point is just like peeking over the stall to talk to this dude all these sounds are coming from it's just unnecessary and stupid yeah yeah that's the thing there's too much fat on this movie and very little meat yeah that's for sure if any meat if any at all. I think he should have just called this trucks because that would explain it much better than maximum overdrive. Well, there's a line in here where they say- yes. I know, she's uh, all like, they're all in maximum overdrive now. We're screwed, basically. Yep. And then immediately follows and like she pauses and then like puts her head down and goes, I'm scared. Yeah, it, so it's literally, uh, she says she's just a girl hitching her way down to Florida and needs some protection. And Bill says, yeah, that's what you're doing. And she says, yeah, that's what I was doing before every machine went into maximum overdrive. <laughs> and Stephen yeah. King, like, I feel like was had a different title for the movie at that point, but was just again like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's some great stuff there. Ooh. Yeah. That's the title of the movie. <laughs> With that, that's the end. Yeah. That's that's what we ended on Robert's Stephen King again. But I mean, I guess I guess we kind of mentioned it, Robert. You're like a no go for watching this. Uh, A soft no go. Like if this is something you really like and you like Stephen King, check it out. But I don't know. Fast forward liberally. There's a lot of pointless scenes of just trucks driving around in a circle that you can skip. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it was fun to watch with another person and also with alcohol. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, mostly because actually we kind of talked through a lot of it and I had quite a few drinks by the end. So <laughs> it was all right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, watch it if you're bored. <laughs> watch the clips that we'll put up on our Facebook. There you go. That's what you should do because yeah, do that we'll, we'll put up the best scenes, uh, like the scenes we talked about. Because there are some fun scenes in this. There are some scenes where like, I'm like happy I've seen them because they're fun. They're hilarious. I'm happy I can finally connect the who made you or we made you screaming Beatrice to something. Right. <laughs> but like, I don't need to ever see this movie again and I won't ever watch it no. again. So yeah. But yeah, watch those scenes. We, as we just said, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. 
uh, we're all over the place. Spotify, Podbean. Okay. Everywhere. Yeah. Is that good? I like that ending. <laughs> Solid. Thanks for listening, people. Goodbye. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Attackians. 50 50 foot listeners. 50 foot listeners? 50 footers? What are we doing? I don't know. Okay, bye. 50 footiners. That's a good ending. (laughs) There we go.